Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everyone, to another awesome episode of Cisco Champions Radio. I'm Lauren, and we today are going to be discussing what sort of things people did at Cisco Live, what we learned, uh, survival techniques, and um, other fun discussion and chit-chat. So what was the most exciting thing that you saw at Cisco Live. So I'm going to say I saw those speaking panels remotely. I would love to hear about those, if there's any feedback that you have about the panels. This is Priscilla. Hi, um, Priscilla. I the panel went really well. We had a lot of people attend ours, um, and Lauren did a great job moderating. Um, what else? Some people wanted advice on what uh, blogging tool to use, and I use Blogger, which I despise, so I didn't have a good answer. To that, but Dennis might have had better answers. So going back to that point, who does anyone on the call have a blogging platform that you actually enjoy using? Just so we can answer that person out there in the world who had that question. Well, this is Tim. Um, this is Bill. I also use Blogger. Um, I'm kind of neutral on it. It's it's not the best, but I as far as I don't have to worry about running a web server and, and managing a lot of of that other stuff. Awesome. So this is Tim. I go by at uh, BroadcastStorm on Twitter, and I use the Tumblr platform. And I, I'd say it's pretty decent because um, it gives you, you know, skin flexibility, that sort of thing. But um, when it comes to uh, actually posting uh, like graphs and, and and trying to do technical content, like you know, I try and do router diagrams and, and switch configs and things like that. Um, that's where it kind of gets very tedious in using um, because its formatting tools weren't really designed for that sort of thing. So I would love a better platform, but it's it's getting me by better than Blogger did. Hmm. So do, did any of you guys, were you able to blog during the week of Cisco Live or were you just running around and then totally exhausted? <laughs> I, well, I have just published a blog. I was going to blog during the week, but I only had my iPad with me, and bloggers really evil on an iPad, so so I just did uh, tweets. So is this where I laugh maniacally and say, what time to blog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sessions were fantastic, so it was hard to have time to blog. So what were some of your favorite sessions? Well, that's what my blog's about. My two favorite were Network Transformation and Essential Skills for network, Next Generation Network Engineers. And it was uh, two sort of young men <laughs> uh, talking about all the skills that we older people need to learn. And it was just a huge laundry list, but they did a really good job of talking about, you know, software divine networking, virtualization, Linux, although a lot of us know Linux, but 
huge amount of stuff that we needed to learn, but they were encouraging to us. And my cool. other favorite one was uh, Whitney Johnson talking about disrupting yourself. And this was not technical, but it was it fit right in with the other topic of, you know, we we need to learn a huge amount of stuff. They said it more eloquently than that, though. Ha. <laughs> other folks, did you have sessions you loved? I got a lot out of the DevNet workbenches. Oh, nice. Where we sat down with uh, um, Mantle or with the OpenStack and actually had laptops in front of us all set up, ready to go, and and walk through some of the um, the demos that were online, but uh, you know, rather than just following a script online and going, "Yay, check! I went through the online demo." It, you know, there's actually good content provided by some of the actual developers or, or users or uh, engineers that work on the product. So the, the workbenches were a big hit for me this year. Were those new this year, or has that something been, or is that something we've done many times before? This the workbenches were new this year. Um, they, they had they had learning labs last year, and they had learning labs again this year, which were kind of open, self-paced type of activities. But these were kind of like the learning labs with instructor-led content. So it's kind of a um, an enhancement onto the learning labs, so that you could ask questions and kind of you know um, fill in some of the gaps you might have. How many hours did you spend there, or if you have a vague ballpark? Um, let's see. So on the workbenches, I did three or four. Um, so that would be, you know, there was they were 45, 50-minute sessions. Wow. Um, and then I did go to a couple of the classrooms, which were more of the standard breakout session style, um, and I did about three or four hours in there, too. Cool. cool. Yeah, it was it, – it was, uh, each year, you know, the first year they did it in San Francisco, um, yeah, I didn't think it was well advertised. And honestly, I thought it was like some separate program that, like the management program that you couldn't take. That That's how um, inadequately advertised I thought it was. Um, but last year and this year, it's really grown and it's uh, really gotten a life of its own. It's a lot of great content in there. So how did you hear about it this year, or you just knew to go look for it? Well, based on last year, I knew to go look for it this year. Okay. Cool. So other folks, what things did you see that – or that hmm, – which sessions did you attend that you thought were awesome and or if there are ones you totally hated, maybe just we, – we don't have to say their names, but you could say, hey, this type of session could really use this type of speaker. I, I had a – a session on APIC EM and EasyQoS, and it got into a bigger discussion on Cisco reinventing QoS in the uh, new model and going to more of a, I guess, a business policy type approach where you, you designate business relevant apps and business irrelevant apps and default treatment. Um, that was really good, and one of the uh, presenters for that was Tim Zagetti, uh. written the book, End-to-End -end QoS Network Design. So so he knows it inside and out and was fully involved in the, I guess, the transformation that went through with this. So um, that would be a good session, not one of the ones where you're like, man, he needs to learn how to speak better. 
Oh no, that was a that was an excellent session, a great session. Another question that I am kind of curious about: We went through a whole bunch of like survival techniques the week before. Did you guys think of any new ones while you were there? And you're like, oh darn, I wish I had brought, I don't know, a, a water bottle filled with cookies or something more logical. Like a contigo? Um, Aha. Well, I, that was a terrible example. But, you know, things that you thought of or that you tried that were new, that really helped you, um, doesn't need to be focused on just drinking and eating. It can be focused on, hey, I figured out a new way to meet speakers or something like that. I would say, obviously, definitely the uh, comfortable shoes, and especially if it, when it's in Vegas, uh, be prepared to walk about five to six miles a day yeah. and like it. Huh. Um, I mean, it, it it honestly makes a big difference as to whether the conference is enjoyable or not as to whether, you know, you're used to something like that or not. Um, I think it does have an impact on... I mean, the nice thing with Vegas, for those that wasn't there, is it was all pretty much in one spot. It was just a big spot. Yeah, I think the, so, the, the, Lauren, the one thing that um, that I uh, like to do is, is when I went around to the world of solutions, I had some business cards, and I actually had some pretty good conversations with some of the vendors. So I guess a, a recommendation is if you're interested in a technology or you're looking at, at a particular product, then uh, you'll have a conversation with them and to get connected afterwards, and not just from a marketing type of view, like really have a good conversation with them. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll agree to that. I mean, I spent some time with the folks from IBM Watson going through, you know, what does Watson do? What can you make Watson? What's the business case around it? Other than showing a really cool um, picture of what my Twitter posts and it, how, it per how, how it thinks my personality is. That was interesting, but from a business case, I mean, like, Brad said, I mean, you know, these vendors, you know, they're there to sell stuff, but, you know, you can get it, you can get into some very interesting conversations, and it's really interesting when somebody else joins in on the interesting conversation because it gets really interesting at that point. So getting multiple perspectives going? Yeah. I mean, I like just coming up with really off-the-wall conversations with the vendors and seeing where it goes. So the IBM Watson thing, that was like where you put in your Twitter handle and then they map out based on what your recent tweets what your personality is? Yes. I mean, obviously Watson's best known for playing Jeopardy like whatever, five, ten years ago. But, <laughs> so but I the actually... idea is that Watson can ingest any type of structured, unstructured data and you can use human linguistics, which is like Siri. Hey, I want to know about XYZ. And then it finds all, all your information or all your documents. That's what their business case is around it. Very cool. I do have a, a question for, for Dennis. Uh, Dennis is Brad here. We talked about the bots within Spark. Can you mention something about that? Because I was off-site for two days in the thought leadership, and I used this bot where you would use a slash character to uh, kind of control the meeting a little bit better. So, Dennis, I don't have a lot of background, but I think you mentioned that you had used that. Yeah, so you can, you, you can build bots. I personally have never built them. But you can build build them, and you can reference them with things like, I think probably the most popular one that's used at Cisco is the one where you can do slash Q, ask it a question, then it logs that, and then people can answer slash A, and then the number that corresponds to the question, which helps moderate the rooms. And it, on the back end, it generates, I believe it's a Excel spreadsheet with all the 
Q&As lined up together. Oh, so this, these were bots that were happening during people's speaking sessions? Or did I completely misunderstand that? Um, I think Brad saw some, uh, some bots. I was referring to some of the other bots that I had seen during some earlier Cisco sessions prior to Cisco Live. So these bots, yeah. though, they're, they're, it was done by the Cisco Live team. The best I can can say, Dennis and Lauren, is I'm I got connected to another um, another Spark group, and what they did is they had something called a scribe, and you do things where I'm just going to go through that group quickly here, and and basically what they do is you use slash Q of it to questions slash A of it answers, and you have like a chronological uh, incremental number. Like if you have a question, you would start off at one, your answer would be two. And then what the bot does is it actually, as Dennis mentioned, puts it into a very summarized, uh, almost like a, a, a Microsoft Word type file. Cool. And uh, I'm just wondering, it might add some value to our Cisco Champions uh, Spark Room where we can find a little bit more about it. So it sounds like we yeah. need to pester Kim, Cisco Kim A, about this. since she is Yeah, the scribe bot, um, I'm trying to remember who wrote it. Um, it's one of the partner SEs that wrote it. Um, but you can invite, I have to, I'll reach out to him, but you, basically you invite this, the bot to your room and then you get that functionality. You know, I, I'm very much against inviting bots to personal rooms. Sorry, that was a terrible joke. There you I, I just wondered if the security group at Cisco is aware that the Spark group is using bots like this. Because I, I think the security group is trying to get rid of bots. Or are they different types of bots? These are probably well, I mean, not the command and control types of things, <laughs> like botnets. Oh, uh, different. Yeah. Right, because the goal there is to have a bunch of different places that you send out um, basically an attack from to attack a very, you know, different surfaces, whereas this is meant to be a feature for us. Or were you totally joking there? I was totally joking there. Ah, curses! You got me! Gotcha. So the, the group that I was in, we actually had uh, Steve Greenberg, who's from... Uh, He's a partner, I see, on the channel side. Yeah, on the security side of things. Yeah, he came to the meeting wearing a, a uh, body cam kind of hidden under his T-shirt. That's so, not at all creepy. Um, and, and the best I can say is, is um, there's slash bot slash on is the one thing I did see in the um, in the posting here, if that helps. So it was turned on by someone who is really up on security, for for example. Okay. And then there's slash help. And just, so just putting out there, because I found it's effective. Join a CTR call sometime and talk about Spark bots. That sounds like a great idea. I'm writing that down in my notes. So next question, unless people have more discussion on SparkBots. Um, did anyone go to like keynotes or any of the big sessions? Did you have thoughts on those, how they went? Were, were they joyful? I personally found the IoT session to be more exciting than the collaboration session, but that's unusual for me, but we'll go with it. Um, it was definitely less formal than we see on the collab side. Um, we learned about 
the mating habits of moths and some other interesting things from an IoT perspective. That's I thought it was a good bizarre. session. So wait, what, what's the key takeaway with the mating habits of moths? Um, it was about how to prevent them, how to target ways to prevent them from breeding was the IoT use case that was cool. discussed in the keynote. That's really cool and slightly creepy. Sorry, I interrupted um, you some, but go on. But yeah, um, you can talk to Rowan all about that. That was <laughs> that was part of his speech. It was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was entertaining to say the least. Um, but I, I enjoyed that one probably the most because it was totally different than the usual technologies to hear about. So, did other folks find other interesting? topic or thing, uh, keynote topics that you liked or anything that surprised you? The party was fantastic. I like Maroon 5. Ha, good. So that came was awesome. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that. I realized during the, the customer appreciation party that like half the songs from the past however many years that I always am like, wow, that song gets stuck in my head, were Maroon 5 songs, which is a little disturbing. Everyone's got a fixation for Adam Levine. What can I say? No, that's not it. I just find the songs, like, they get, they're like a worm that, that hooks into your brain because it has teeth. And we were worried about bots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> brain worms. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, I'll chime in and go, I was, Slightly disappointed about the lack of detail of the Apple-Cisco relationship in the Prime keynote from Chuck. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, later during the week, I finally got the buzzword I needed to figure out what that was in terms of it being fast lane and the technology that underpins it. So I have I, – overall, it's a good thing I went to Cisco Lab because now I understand a little bit more about how Apple devices are going to get faster – "Quote unquote" um, on, on a Cisco network, but it was it was like having to pull teeth and and basically by chance be in the right session. Um, that wasn't actually even related to it uh, in, in order to find out about Fastlane. So um, so all in all, that's a good thing. I, I came out the, at the end of the week with that, but uh, would have been nice to have a little bit more explicit detail somewhere. That's a perfectly cromulent point. And we're back to cromulent. I have not heard that word in I don't know how long. You know what? I wish to embiggen its usage. Embiggen, yes. Mm-hmm. Ubiquitousness, it's something that's necessary for that word. Uh, nerdgasm over here. So um, were there other announcements you guys saw, Cisco or not, I don't frankly care at this point, that – you were like, wow, that's so cool, or, huh, I could use more detail on that. It wasn't so much of an announcement, but the, um, well, the blog post I'm working on right now is subtitled APIC EM, One Ring to Rule Them All, which was definitely something I was seeing. You did just make my little marketing heart skip three beats and grow five sizes, FYI. Okay, I'm purposely leaving out the darkness part in the second line. We'll just leave it at the first. <laughs> Wait, something in the something to bind them? Yeah, one ring to bring them all in in the darkness, bind them. 
So we'll just go with the line one, one ring to rule them all. Okay. Yeah, the the only slight challenge there is that there's also this APIC thing that's in the data center space. So it's kind of like two rings. Well, yes, but data centers don't really count. They're other people's stuff. Oh, so it might be more of a helix at this point. <laughs> it could well be. I'm I'm just giggling over here. Um, so I really want to have like a West Side Story thing where the data center and the networking folks are rumbling over APIC versus APIC EM. <laughs> Do I get to be one of the gang in the side snapping his fingers? Oh, obviously. Anyone else who wants to can totally like, when you data center, you're data center all the way. That's like the only line I know. So other things you that... data center, you never go enterprise again? What? Oh, ouch. <laughs> so besides you. the excitement over APIC-EM, which huzzah, other things that you were like, wow, oh, the, the, the big announcement that was Thursday that I'm completely forgetting. Anyone have feelings on that? Thoughts, topics, discussions? Does anyone have memories on that? <laughs> After all, it was Thursday. You know, as I maintain that, when I go to Cisco Live, I get jet lag. Or sorry, when I go to Las Vegas, I get jet lag. It doesn't matter if that's the fact that it's in the same time zone. My time, like, shifts weirdly. I think that's because no one keeps normal hours in Vegas. Exactly. Well, well, and especially in the casino where there was no sunlight, so we had no idea that we should be sleeping by then. That's true. That, I'll use that excuse because it never happens anywhere else. So I think what you're saying is next year we need to rent, like, those uh, light things that supposed to have you or vitamin D shooting at you or something so you know what time of day it is? I don't know if people would use them. Okay. <laughs> it's an experience that some love. I don't know. Um, so refresh my memory. What was the big announcement Thursday? Jody, I, I have the same question. Like, what, what were the big announcements? Like, there was nothing that was, was new announcement. It was just basically a little bit farther down the roadmap. But has anybody got, you know, one or two announcements that uh, maybe I missed? Right? Well, I didn't some really of it, hear anything. Some of it was what we already had the, uh, the, the non-disclosure piece on, like the Umbrella branch and that sort of stuff. Uh, Third-party applications on iOS XE, that kind of thing. But we kind of had the preview of that. Now, don't, don't get me wrong, that's really exciting, and I'm kind of interested in playing with some XE-based routing, routing platforms. But, you know, a lot of it seemed evolutionary to me. Like, it was a lot of the stuff that we've heard of already, things that are coming down the pipe that are new iterations of what we've already seen, which are very cool, but not a whole lot of, oh, this is brand spanking new. Yeah, I agree. There was a lot of building on stuff. I mean, you know, stuff that I had heard of, mostly bits and pieces and parts. No new shiny widget, No, nothing, you know, that's like in two to three months, this is going to totally change my area of what I do. Um, just a little bit more down the path, a few nuggets here and there. Um, but nothing that was like, ooh, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm going to go have a nerdgasm over that. I mean, nothing really of that variety. Yeah, I don't remember any very interesting announcements either, but I do think that um, the sessions that I went to showed that uh, software-defined networking and you know, programming the network and orchestration and all that are becoming real. And that was that was really exciting. One of the best stories was one guy talking about um, a network 
build out that he was working on, and he had the network engineers, CCIE level, working with programmers. And the network engineer started doing a Gantt chart and all this other stuff. It was going to take two weeks just to do the Gantt chart. And then he was going to come back and he was going to order the circuits and all this other stuff. And the programmer said, two weeks later, they had a meeting and the programmer said, what do you mean? We're already done. We've already done all the programming. So you see, well, not all the programming, but you see the difference in the speed at which uh, network changes are going to happen now with all this software-defined networking and the programmers being involved. Yeah, we, we're still not any closer to people actually having a solid definition of what software-defined networking yeah. actually is, but but the varying definitions are definitely getting traction. Uh huh. Yep, I think it is getting traction finally. Yep. Now we're just going to get down to the war of people going, "Oh, I'm SDN. No, you're not SDN. I'm SDN," and then and everything goes interesting from there. In, in the bits and pieces that I saw on the SDN front, uh, I was actually mildly surprised, if not elated, um, at the polish and, and the seriousness at which Cisco was approaching it. Um, it wasn't this haphazard, let's just throw chunks of things out there. Um, they were actually trying to be methodical and really think about how this was going to be received and not just trying to beat a competitor to this function. They were They were willing to you know, make sure a feature set was complete rather than piecemeal it out every three months. And so that that, that was actually pretty encouraging to me because we, in, in a former life, we've gone through those pains, certainly on the wireless side. Yeah, we're, we're starting well, to see think... APIs being taken seriously. Um, I know when Cisco first started doing APIs, it was basically here's how we can embed configuration commands in, a, in an API rather than having proper JSON XML kind of stuff that we can work with in code. And we're starting to see that shift to something that we can work with. Well, and I think some of it also is, you know, related to as we move to more of this agile mentality, we don't get these big releases that have 50 new features, you know, all at once. You know, it's one feature here, one feature there. Um, and definitely around the API stuff, if you haven't gone to developer.spark.com, I think is the address. But what they've done as far as how they've made it easy to program and consume the APIs, I mean, when I started this, we were using SOAP APIs, which let alone getting it to actually call and respond was a miracle back then. Now it just works with REST and everything is easy. Yeah, REST is nice. Yeah, I, I would say for me a highlight was talking to some of the APIC-EM uh, software engineers about what they're working on and, and what what's coming down the road and, and just seemed to be the focus they had and and there are more applications coming and it's they're finding really see that there's finding new and better ways to use use the platform. Oh, one of the first things I did when I got home was order an extra 96 gigabytes of memory for my server so I could run it in the lab. Awesome. Yes. Now, it would be nice if we could get it to the point that it doesn't need 64 gigs of memory to run by itself, but that's that's coming along. One thing at a time. Let's get functionality, then worry about streamlining it. It's all good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of that, were there things that you guys saw or learned about at Cisco Live 
that you're kind of ready to start playing with or have started playing with since then? Apic EM and Spark for sure. Aww. Yeah. Others? Uh, I can't wait till my AT&T IoT, IoT kit gets here so I can start really geeking it up around here. I'm not sure the rest of the family will appreciate it, but, you know. I ordered one of those, too. <laughs> <laughs> I had to jump around because I was told they wouldn't ship to a Canadian address, but it turns out I have a New York mailbox, so I quickly ordered it to that. That's awesome. Yeah, Jody, it's it's Brad here. I did the same thing just on the other side of Queenston Lewiston. There's a yep. thing there. But yep. um, I, I'm just curious on that, um, Dennis, what you're gonna be connecting. I haven't figured that out yet. It seemed pretty geeky, so I figured what the heck. Okay. I, I'm thinking something to do with either pizza or chicken wings. I haven't decided yet. And then the Cisco Beerstein will be involved too. Oh yeah, we, we made sure we got one of those. Wait, what um, what? <laughs> oh, did you mean the mugs? Yes, mugs. Did I call them beer stuff? No, it's for milk. What am I saying? That's right, it's for milk. Oh, so I, the ones I was handing out, right? So I just completely forgot that that was happening there. Yes, okay. there will be beer in those, even though, if that weren't wasn't what they were intended for. Um, one of the oh, things no, that they, I they thought was interesting. Mugs. Go ahead. Okay, good. One of the things that I thought was going to, I actually tweeted this the uh, first day, or second day actually, they were handing out those Raspberry Pi Zeros, which explains why you couldn't buy one recently, because obviously Cisco bought up the market. And uh, we got that the first day, and then the second day, Peter's handing out those uh, 3850 UADP chips, uh, which were quite cool. But I'm thinking, okay, I got a Raspberry Pi Zero, and I've got this UADP chip. And if if day three means I'm getting a GPIO card with a UADP socket on it, I think they're seriously overestimating my abilities here. <laughs> well, played. remember with that chip, some assembly may be required. May just possibly. <laughs> so I, I can mention that um, uh, the one. Uh, keynote that I went to is with, with Beery, and he was talking about, um, with Beery Singh, who, by the way, is a phenomenal speaker, and that guy has got his shite together, I'll tell you. I'd I listen to him anytime. Um, they talked about digitization in the cloud, and the one thing that I put a, a note uh, while I was sitting there watching is that um, Cisco wants to use the cloud to deliver digitization. So as we get closer to what the definition of that is, and uh, so definitely Cisco is going to be throwing a lot of, of cloud infrastructure and, and concept into digitization, which I thought was, was a good learning point. So did any of the others of you see any of the messaging around digitization or digital transformation? I did, but I didn't get a whole lot out of it because digital transformation is what we've been doing for the last 30 years. Yes. But now it's even cooler. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so as a good marketing person, I should note we do have a whole new web page dedicated to digital transformation. Mm -hmm. But I will put that in the show notes since I cannot be on the Internet today. Yeah, I did, uh, I did, do a, um, I did sit in on a digital transformation thing, and I, I was looking for, okay, you know, give us some how, give us some, give us some meat, show us what you're doing at the low level, but it was mostly a high-level presentation. 
It was about uh, digital sealing, that sort of stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. How's that working? Let's let let's see what the meat and potatoes is. But we just got to the point of we're doing it, and and that was very cool. Yeah. But <laughs> I'd so like to see some, more. Some of the workforce solutions, um, I know that they either have SKUs out there behind them, um, and or like. I get even possibly deployment guides. Don't quote me on this because I'm probably just lying about it. But I can tell you that for digital sealing, we had a tech field day session on it at Cisco Live Berlin where they mm -hmm. went into more depth on the the meats and guts. It was actually the tech field day uh, thing on Wednesday that I sat yes. in on, on it this time. And this time it was it was cool, but it didn't have the guts. Yes. So I'm interested in seeing more on that. And I'm finding digitization for for my discussions is more about a, a business process decision as opposed to a, a line item or, or a skew. And and what we're doing is we're taking the traditional IT folks and then we're giving them things like you know Python, uh, TOGAF, uh, Agile training on top of what they already have, and then kind of mixing that in. Okay, excuse my complete ignorance. TOGAF. I'm not sure what it, it's basically a structure for. Um, I, I think it goes along with something called Scrum, and it, it's the way that you handle a problem or a task where you bring everybody in and call them, call them to order and then get the problem solved. Got it. Okay, so it's it's more of a managing how your humans behave. That, that's correct. You might have heard of something called ITIL. No, but I've been involved in scrums before for marketing yeah. activities. Ooh. Well, what you do at the bars at night is not the scrum. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Be nice to my but, friend, but Lauren. That, again, uh, just talking to Jody's concept is, is I was struggling trying to get a part number. And what do we sell? What's the product on digitization? But if you think of it, it's more of a business decision or process or procedure of, of the people and things than a, a line item. And yeah, so the one thing we look at is getting different training, changing role of IT now is what's happening out there. Mm -hmm. Now, my the reason I wanted to see things like SKUs and implementations is I'm, I'm primarily a kinesthetic learner, and I like to be hands-on to understand what's the concept behind this. So where most people are taking the business processes and working it down, I, I can do that, but I also have to take, okay, what's the implementation and bring it back to how that meets the business process to understand it end to end. And, you know, seeing seeing the implementation is as important to me as seeing the process. So it would have been nice to get both of those. But yeah, uh, and for the record, uh, TOGAF stands for the Open Group Architecture Framework. Not that that tells us anything. Because we need a T. We, we, yeah. The. Which I have yes. to put the. Yeah. I well, sell it, so I OGAF. OGAF doesn't sound as nice. Sounds OGAF like sounds OGAF. like something sounds Romans like wear. Something that requires medication in your shoe. Ew. Tasty. Mm. <laughs> and now it just got nummy. <laughs> I, I do know when I'm at a meeting, I plunk down my Blockbuster card. It actually starts some pretty good conversation. <laughs> like, to show that you're a member, or...? Just to get people super excited so there can be like, oh my gosh, let me tell you about digital transformation and how Netflix has totally redone the industry as an example of a digital transformation company. That would and be exactly would, it. 
Yeah, and I was being serious, but I was using my silly Lauren voice for no particular reason. So all you but have what? to do is be able to spell digitization backwards. Oh God, help us! No. <laughs> okay, I'll leave that. Okay, to the, wait. N o i t a z i t i g i d. Boom. Oh, she's good. She's good. Well, no, I actually have it written in front of me because I'm taking yeah, it. I think out. it's BL's above. <laughs> yeah. Now we're gonna start hearing messages telling us to do things and. Yeah going to be bad. Okay. Um, but yeah, the Blockbuster card is really good because that's, that's the perfect example. These guys don't exist. Let me explain why. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think the concept is uh, us, well, me, I'm probably the oldest of the team. Let's just put that out there right now, okay? Uh, I might folks. challenge you. <laughs> challenge uh, I don't accepted. Know. Wait, no. Oh, my goodness. How many years before you're 60? Uh, I've got just a hair over a decade. <laughs> my goodness, I have children older than you. My oh, you're good. Okay, good, good stuff. I feel young again. Thank you. <laughs> you can yeah. And you're only as so old well. as your drugs let you feel. There so. you go. That's awesome. But but I think what that what I find is right part there. of digitization. The the concept is um, we've been used to having companies and marketing whatever tell us what we want and we pick it or not, and it's kind of turned upside down where we as consumers we want what we want and that's what the whole disruption is all about um, I hate using the Airbnb and the, the Uber but that's what it wants if you want a, a cab ride you don't have to wait for something you you go and you get the thing same things happening out there in in IT it's disruption digitization right I mean there's a fundamental human concept that people would rather be able to choose and control what they want, when they want, how they want it, versus, well, this is what's available to you, right? I mean, people want self-service. And for the smaller shops, I'll jump in here on, on, on behalf of the little guy out there. You know, th these platforms that come out that are, are developed, large platforms, and, I, and I'll throw a certain infrastructure product from a big networking company under the bus by by using this example, but it's a huge product to do management of your network and it's big it's a behemoth it's um, you know for somebody that's relatively new to networking it, it can be quite a challenge to just get your brain around it and then figuring out how to use it let alone you know understanding the actual CLI side whereas you know in a lot of cases you just want to be able to do X Y and Z rather than the whole alphabet soup and so this digitization really is, you know, underneath it, there's this REST API that's developing and becoming very mature that's going to allow us to have what we want the way we want it. Um, yeah, we'll need a few bit of programming skills, but, you know, then we'll get exactly what we want. And, uh, you know, that, that to me is kind of the, you know, when, when I see that, that nice big graphic about stage one through five and totally automating something, I don't necessarily see a vendor's massive tool, no matter which vendor and which tool for that matter, um, you know, being the end-all, be-all solution to that. It just might end up being, you know, IT shops have one or two more developers that are no longer focused on ERP systems day in and day out or web portals day in and day out and actually, like, devote some time to just leveraging an API for network management. 
I think the large company in question is actually seeing that because one of the things that I was noticing is that there's a lot more functions that are coming out of that big behemoth and being moved into new API-driven architectures. So I was asking, well, is this going to be in X platform? It's like, no, we're moving that to APIC EM. Oh, we're moving that to APIC EM as well. And the nice thing about that is because it's got your northbound, southbound API. Uh, even if it's too big for the smaller guys, that northbound, southbound API means you can take advantage of programming your endpoints yourself. Exactly. Yeah, that that was the most exciting thing I saw on the APKM because I took the all-day tutorial on Sunday on that. Okay. And that that was the that was very exciting. That whole session um, about what was coming, what what it could do now, um, and, and just that whole concept of abstracting away all the individual platforms nuances into a nice API for the northbound side. That that to me was ex super exciting. Yeah, that, that's looking very exciting to me. And um, they were saying that eventually they have an idea for multi-tenancy on the roadmap, which will be really good for service providers because you can host this in the cloud and then essentially tie all of your small business customers into one or two instances. Oh, no, that would be cool. Yep. When I asked when is that coming, I got the roadmap answer. But if it's on the roadmap, is is cool. Now, I think one of the in, carrying on the conversation piece of cloud. I thought one of the interesting things. I think it was in a keynote, but I'm not really sure. But that cu customers are moving to the cloud not because the cloud is cheaper in any way. At once you get like over a thousand servers, but they're doing it because it's really just how the lines of businesses are able to receive IT services without going through corporate IT. Yeah, so but then it, you end up having sort of a shadow IT situation. Oh, I know. It's an awful situation, and I'm a great leader of the shadow IT operation in my organization. Yep. Or, oh. Right? Because it changes IT's paradigm from, well, we don't want to support that so you can't get it, to, okay, then I'll find another way to do it. So, I mean, are you then finding that the IT teams just have to expect that it's going to happen, but then build the back-end infrastructure for the business overall that allows that other stuff to run seamlessly? Well, I think really it means that IT's posture can't be, no, we don't want to support it because we don't want to, but what is your solution to that problem is what ends up having to happen. Or people do go and they put stuff on, you know, Dropbox or whatever, the app du jour of their choice, if you will. Yeah. One of the IT strategies in my former life was that, you know, IT is bandwidth constricted in terms of the personnel they have got, but they have this expertise that they can loan to those that need solutions now. So rather than Entity X going off and creating their own shadow IT with random cloud service, you know, you could provide a consulting service of the issues you need to be aware of so that you don't go out and get something and compromise the institution's, you know, intellectual property, so on and so forth. And so IT could be the consulting and help enable the use of cloud service, even though they're not directly supporting its use. I think I said that right. So IT needs to adapt or die, basically. Um, people will go out and find a different way to do it. So I think IT 
folks, they can actually help out with cloud infrastructure, either private or public, and kind of be the ambassadors for it. Uh, that would be my suggestion to people that are doing rogue connectivity to cloud. Cool. So any last thoughts, because it looks like we might be wrapping up in a five minutes or so. Um, my, my only quick money saver, very quickly, oh. is when you're at um, um, Cisco Live, just grab one or two water bottles. Um, I got billed $8 per bottle of water at the hotel. Wow. So, and that's yeah. U.S. dollars, so that's like 100 for us in Canada here. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's loony almost. No, the loony's on our side. And the loony's uh, dollar. It's a toonie. It actually would be like four toonies. I'm just going to sit here being embarrassed for my lack of world knowledge. Um, so Come visit. We'll educate you. It'll be great. Yay! Any thoughts or things that you guys want to share, uh, things you hope they bring back next year, things that maybe everyone should totally avoid next year besides, you know, making me making you do stuff. <laughs> no, that was fun. <laughs> Tilted Monday will be back. Oh, my gosh, yes, that was awesome. Yeah. Well, I didn't – I, I mean, obviously, I didn't plan that. That was um, – JD. JD, yes, and then Fish kind of got all excited and, and made it even more awesome. You People participated. That's enough to promote it ahead of time <laughs> so that they would know. Yeah, last year I found out too late. This year I made sure I brought the kilt. I wore mine all day on Monday. So did I. Yeah, I think I'm actually gonna rotate it into my wardrobe. It's very convenient. Kilts mine has awesome. pockets. Mine does not. Mine oh. has a sporin. Good enough. I don't know. If that is. All right, so besides me blathering, things you guys want to see more of next year? I, I think it was fun as a Cisco champion getting more involved in the where we were delivering sessions, like the social media stuff. I thought that was kind of fun and entertaining. Yeah, more, more of that. Awesome. Any other last thoughts before we wrap up? Mm. I had a coworker who thought collab goat, that there was actually a goat at Cisco Live. <laughs> because she saw the tweet with the picture of the goat on the bus. Aww. And she's like, no, no, I saw it on the bus. I saw the picture. So I, I think didn't. the obvious solution for next year is that we, we need a booth where we can put a barn so we can house all of our animals that we've created. And hats. That's not creepy at all. <laughs> we can have a petting zoo. <laughs> oh, oh, a Cisco Champions petting zoo. Oh, no, that could be misinterpreted in hour? all the wrong ways. Exactly. <laughs> well, we'll make people wear gloves that, before they pet you. We just won't do it on tilt day. Good. Good. <laughs> oh, no. We're recording. Are we still recording? Yes, yeah, we we're are. still recording. I'm so fired. Yeah. Um, Brandon, edit that out. <laughs> what are you talking about? We don't edit these. Come on. And on that note... Thanks, everyone. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been nice working with you. I hope to have a job after this. Uh, me too. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.